right, stand by. We're going live in five, four, three, two, and you're high. Welcome to the Sazcast special episode, okay? You know, we got Hall of Fame wrestling icon here, Diamond Dallas Page, and the lady who stole his heart. The lady who stole his heart. Okay? Page McMahon Page. Correct. In the house. So thank you guys for being here. We just did a two-hour PBD podcast, flipped the set around. Got Paige in the house, whipped it around, and now we're here, we're sitting down. And you said you have not done many of these types of podcasts, have you? No. No, I let him be Oprah. Like yes. He's a- <laughs> <laughs> well, he killed it. I mean, let's, I mean, not that he's never not killed it before, but he was gregarious, outgoing, engaging, informative. Just, I, I see what, why, you, why you're into this, man. But what is it about Paige that you're like... Hey, girl, how you doing? What, what is it about her? Well, you know, you got to take it back to the beginning. I was at a TSA line in Nashville. This is 10 years ago. 10 really? years ago. The weekend that the disabled veteran Arthur Borman's video mm. went crazy viral. Right. And um, I was just going, wow, that girl's really beautiful. And she turns around. And my real name, before I changed it to Dallas Page 25 years ago, was Paige Joseph Falkenberg. And she looked back at me and she said, hey, are you friends with Ira Dean? I'm, he's a musician uh, in uh, country music. And I, I said, yeah, I just stayed with him this weekend. I was here for a charity thing. And By the way, I would just lie. I'm like, yeah, of course. What's up? Like, <laughs> but hot the, chick. And she said, uh, she said uh, you're Paige, right? And everybody knows me as Dallas now, mm-hmm. right? Then I, unless they know me, you know. And then all my friends and my family can't call me Paige out in public because it confuses people, mm-hmm. you know. So she says, you're Paige, right? I go, yeah. She goes, me too. I oh, go, so you know who he was? Yes, I recognized him. But okay. I had never met him before. Got it. But how did you recognize me? Um, I had dated Ira the country musician uh. like four or five years before and he'd always told me about this wild you know rambunctious wrestling friend named diamond dallas page and mm-hmm. i was never a wrestling fan but i was like oh page what a great name and it resonated with me like of i course. just remembered it and when the arthur video went viral mm-hmm. he was all over cnn and everything so i was like oh that's iris friend and just coincidentally saw him in the tsa line so you see him in the P- TSA line. You, you know, you, you obviously think she's attractive. Uh, yeah. Clearly, <laughs> yeah. What was your pickup line? Do you remember the line that he used to kind of get in there? You know, I really did it in this scenario because when she said her name, my name's Page Two. I go, your name's Page Two, and it kind of really was. Yeah. You know, a conversation builder, and we ended up. I walked her to her gate, and we exchanged numbers, and nothing really came of it right away. And then I was coming into Nashville for. Another time, was it Nashville or... or yeah, Nashville. Yeah, and I was doing another autograph you know, signings that we do. And I said, hey, you want to go to uh, you know, dinner? Uh, you know, we're just, and she thought I was just like being a friend in, in town, wanted to hook up mm-hmm. to, to go to dinner. And then it turned into something more than that. And we ended up seeing each other about three times, or well, three times exactly. And at that point, I never thought I was going to be with one woman again. I was coming off a divorce years before that. And I was like, I'm never getting married again. And what ended up happening was... He broke up with me. (laughs) But wait, let me explain why. First of all, she's 18 years younger than me. And my first wife and I... sir. Yeah, well, you know, but my first (laughs) wife and I split up because I I didn't... Because of my body, I'm in great shape, but 
I'm, I don't want to go skiing. I don't want to go horseback riding. I don't want to do anything that can hurt me. I've already done all the damage. You've done all that. <laughs> so yeah. I, want, I want to say, you know, good. And she was like, um, you know, so much. She ran 100-mile races. Hmm. You know, she put uh, climb Mount Kilimanjaro, climb Mount Fu- uh, Fuji. I, I was a professional athlete, adventure athlete. So I wrote for National Geographic and a bunch of different publications. And I was like a generalist. So I climbed mountains all over the world, ran ultra marathons, and um, cycled across Southeast Asia, like all these things. And I didn't realize that that intimidated him. Well, it wasn't intimidating. I'm thinking... Kimberly and I split up because we're still we're best friends still to this day. They just, her and her husband just stayed at her stayed at our house this last week. Get out of here! I swear yeah. to God, you're because you this is your third marriage. Yes, correct. Yes, and but Kimberly was your longest. First, she was, she was okay. my longest. Friend. Right, yeah. first. You're saying years. that you and you guys recently got married in December. Yes, mm-hmm. and I saw Kimberly was at our wedding. Okay, so back this up. <laughs> so your ex-wife, who you have kids with, I assume. Uh, no, that's you my, don't. No, I, 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 okay. my, my two kids that I have, I adopted, who were one of my best friends. Kim couldn't have kids. Okay, so one of my best friends, Linda, who's one of my head of finance today with my DDP Yoga Company. She, her girls, her, their sperm donor left when Kimmy was an infant and Brittany was seven. Okay. And so right away from Uncle Paige, I became dad. And, right. And now they're 35 and 26. Holy shit. But, yeah. but back to the, you're saying that your ex-wife and her current husband stayed with you guys? Just the other yeah. day. Yeah. That's where we came down Walk here. me through that. How, is yeah, that awkward not, at all? Not, not at <laughs> they all. They were at our wedding. They were at wedding. wedding. Kimberly and I, when we split up, we we stayed. I, I I created a thing I call living life at ninety percent. On my book, positively unstoppable, the first chapter is living life at ninety percent. It's mm-hmm. it's based on the formula that life is ten percent of what happens to you and ninety percent of how you react to. Love it. that man. And and that's just the way I live my life. And when we got done, and we both knew, like we were growing apart. She needed someone who's more active. And I needed to focus on the business because it wasn't going anywhere. I made all this money in wrestling, but I was putting it all back in, putting it all on black on, you know, DDP yoga. And uh, I knew that she, as we we were so, we kind of raised each other. Even though she was 20 and I was 34, we kind of raised each other mm-hmm. coming up. And I loved her so much as a human being. And it was like, she also did this too. Because she's the one who wanted to leave. She, I said, if you take half, we're done. You didn't earn this. I did everything. I broke my body up, everything. If you friggin' take what I give you, I'll always be there for you. And which was about 25% of our net worth. At the okay. Time. And I did it for a reason. We, we did. This is all in the first four months of splitting up. Right. We didn't get divorced till years later. Okay. But we split up and that, that was it as far as I was concerned. And when we got in front of the the, uh, the mediation attorney, I said to him, I said, can you do me a favor? I said, give me five minutes. And I said, when he left, I said, Kim, I said, I just wanted to see if you'd do it. I said, now that you've proven yourself that what we had was so much more than just a marriage and a relationship, etc. I said, I'm going to give you half everything. Get out of here. You were testing her the entire time just to see what she would do? 100%. And, and she nope. passed the test. You know what she said? What? Nope. A deal's a deal. 
Wow, dude. And I said, what are you talking about? I'm telling you, I'm going to give you half. And she said, no. A deal's a deal. Do you promise to be there if I need you? I said, I'd do that anyway. Wow, man. So that's the relationship. So now you understand. Her husband, I love him like a brother now. I mean, like super, super tight. Because that was 17 years ago. Dude, you could write a book on just how to get from like out of a relationship the right way and, and have it be actually a beneficial relationship in current and in the future. And, and like, what, you, you hear so many stories about these ugly, ridiculous so Hollywood breakups, everything in the news right now with Johnny Depp and Amber uh, Heard and Will Smith, potentially. Mm. And here you are telling your wife, hey, look. I'll give you 25%. You didn't earn all this. And then on the last second, you flip it and say, I'm actually going to give you half. And she says, no, I'm good. I just want you to be there for me. What? Explain the blueprint for that. You know, it's just like, I was, when we would go through the crazy yelling, screaming that everybody goes through, I could pull myself down and go, the only thing that's important mm-hmm. is our friendship and what we've made because I kind of raised myself growing up as a kid. You know, I've, I've, I've been pretty good at parenting myself mm-hmm. and I've done some really stupid shit. Mm-hmm. So I don't think it's like always been good. Trying the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you know, so the bottom line is, is that anyone who's in a relationship with me, if they didn't get along with Kim, ah, that's like, that's like my sister. Wow. At this point. You know what I mean? Like, no, you don't get along with my sister. You're not for me. So what had happened, um, I want to get back to where Paige is a super athlete. She makes Kimberly look like a wallflower. And Kimberly's a super athlete. Like, she's a stud. So and I'm thinking, God, I don't want to deal with this again, you know, later down the line. So one of the things that Paige did, too, her mom, and I'll let her tell you this part. Her mom, she's working on Wall Street, and you tell them that part with your mom and what happened there. Um, okay. So uh, my mom got cancer um, at the age of 58. She had lung cancer, um, just clearing her throat. <clears throat> and when she was visiting me, and she's, I'm like, get that check. Never smoked a day in her life. Was diagnosed Lung with, cancer, never smoked? Never smoked. Oh, my and God. Fuck cancer. It was, it was awful. And then, like, a week after she... Um, got diagnosed with lung cancer, they found the brain tumors. And so she she had nine months. And she was a really, like, just a selfless woman. She was a paralegal. My, my stepfather was an engineer. And they just gave to us all the time in terms of, like, the work ethic. And if you want to own something, you have to earn it. So my mom died, and it was devastating for me. And it just really, like, made me question everything in life. And a couple years later, my stepfather was downsized. He just couldn't. He never went into the bedroom after she died, and mm. and he was just devastated when she died. So I found this unfinished bucket list when I was helping him move, and it was my mom's list that she had always wanted to do. Now For herself. For herself, and she'd always um. talked about it. I mean, as kids, you know, we would always look through the National Geographic magazines, and it was all these crazy things like see the seven wonders of the world, climb Mount Kilimanjaro, Mount Fuji, and it's not like I grew up, I grew up in Pennsylvania out in the country, but like we didn't go hiking as a family. Now we went cross country in a van and slept in that for three weeks, but we didn't do all these crazy things, but she'd always wanted to. Um, and so I just had this epiphany, like I have to finish her list and spread her ashes to all the places she didn't get to go to. And 
it took me about a couple years then to get to that spot where I was ready to lead my whole life. I mean, at that time, I was, you know, had the big corporate job. My my husband at the time, you know, he was a chief technology officer in New York City. Um, we had the big house in North Jersey, Jag, BMW. And, you know, who does that? Who just leaves it? And, and I talked to my husband, like, hey, let's do mom's list for a couple of years and just leave all this. And he's like, no, I'm climbing the corporate ladder. Like, why would I do? What are you, crazy? Mm-hmm. My family thought I was crazy, too. And I was like, well, I'm doing it. So we got divorced. I sold everything I owned and completely downsized and, like, took off. But also understand that her mom taught her about investments at, what, 13 years old? When I was 18, she marched me into Merle Lynch. And she's like, you're going to learn how to invest your money. I've been working since I was 12. Hmm. You know, Put I mean, yourself through college and her MBA. Yeah. So, you know, we, again, mom's thing was you have to own it to earn it. You have to earn it to own it. So I was really good when I took off. Like, I didn't have any debt. Like, I never had any college loans. But I worked my ass off through college to pay for it to make sure I didn't have any debt. My mom was one of those old school where I remember her having the envelopes for the grocery bill or for gas and so um, that was probably the best lesson, one of the best lessons she's ever taught me. So you're not a slave to all those things. So I wound up researching, like, how do you climb mountains? What kind of gear and apparel do you need? And I took off and created a website called turnthepage.com so my family and friends would know where I was going. Mm. And um, How long ago was this, by the way? I started in 2007. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, so just in time. Um, and... Yeah, and I took, you know, first couple of years were really fast. Like, I did a lot of the bucket list things. Like, I first one I did was I went to Machu Picchu, and I couldn't just show up, like, from the train in Agua Caliente in Peru. I had to backpack the Inca Trail. Like, I had to earn that experience as part of what she taught me. And so from there, I went to Rome and um, from her ashes the Colosseum, and then I flew down to Tanzania and climb Mount Kilimanjaro and then from there you know just kept going and going and all right so let me, let me jump in so I know all this and I'm thinking like I you know it's in the back of my mind I'm never letting this go more than any just buddies and physical you know and like and I'm just going to keep this at a distance and then because you're not trying to do all this as you're saying but you're I, like I, I just, you're into her but not into all these activities well, not even so much wouldn't be like she's gonna freaking leave me for somebody we can do all this stuff why yeah. would i do this you know i'm looking who someone's going to get in my life and want to look out for me yeah the way i look out for them mm-hmm. i'm a very generous human being but i also am mr quid pro quo <laughs> like so if i'm doing everything or i feel that and it's one-sided you know, it gets because relationships can be hard when it's really one person working at it. Yeah. When two people are working at it, super easy. It's easy for two people to pick up a couch. Yeah. One person to pick up a couch, you can't do it. Right. You need two people working together. And I thought I'd found that, and I don't say anything negative about any of my exes or anything. It didn't work out. Um, and what had happened is now we're separating we're getting divorced but what came out of it so he married the woman his second wife who he broke up with me for but i didn't realize all his reasons but let, let, let me let me even back that father up i went to see tony robbins i'm a big tony tr fan i yeah. love his stuff and we both had the same pr agent so i get to go for free you know, for three days this you know convention there's five thousand people there if anybody's ever seen tony he is miss. He make. I'm a energy zone. Yeah. I don't know how he speaks for eleven hours right. straight. He makes you look like a wallflower. Yes, exactly. He's <laughs> he's intense. I've been to one. He's wild. So, 
I get there and everything that he's talking about, because I've done all the DVDs, I've done, you know, the, you know, all the different people I study. Like when I'm, people are just looking at aimless Instagram. I'm listening to Denzel Washington and I'm listening to, you know, admirals and people, inspirational stuff, stuff mm-hmm. that moves me. Um, so uh, I'm looking, thinking to myself, I've already, I already know how to do all this. I'm, I, I, I teach this. I live this. And then I just kind of put the camera on myself. And being a nightclub guy, you'll know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Oh, so you're Mr. Perfect. Yeah, but what haven't you ever really been that good at? And I thought being in a real relationship and being with one woman. I was not, I was a bit of a wild man through all of my life. Grew up in a nightclub business. So... And Kim knew about all that in the beginning coming out, you know, so it wasn't, I just wasn't, I never really did the real relationship deal. And I thought, and I just spent the time with this woman that I would later marry for a two-week period and was being everything that I ever thought I ever wanted. And so I went upstairs and I called another girl and I called Paige and I said, you know, here's what happened you know, I fell in love with this person and I just wanted to let you know I just didn't want to, you know, ghost you or whatever. And she said... You're calling Paige, your current wife, telling her, hey, I'm sorry. Her, I'm calling her when she's a girl. That's what dating. I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and he called me and, and pretty much said, I fell in love with someone else. And I'm like, oh, okay. And <laughs> and she said, hey, but thanks for calling and not just ghosting me. And I was like, what? And she goes... And, you know, thanks for getting in an argument and blaming it on that. And I, that stuck with me. I was like, all right, Paige. I go, all right, so I'll talk to you. And we hung up. And then the resurrection of Jake the Snake. And if anybody's mm-hmm. never seen the resurrection of Jake the Snake, everyone has someone in their life that deals with addiction. You want to watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. It's it's dark because it's about addiction, but it's... It's inspiring. It, it'll make you laugh. It'll make you cry. It's about three wrestlers, but it's nothing about wrestling. And the bottom line is, um, God, I just lost my train of thought by talking about that. Um, <laughs> you, you were you didn't oh, ghost oh, her. Okay, so okay, okay. It's like fast forward two years. Yeah. Can I just get yeah. some context? Yes. What year did you guys meet in the TSA line? Twenty twelve. Twenty twelve. So mm-hmm. ten years ago. Right. Yes. You started dating when? Uh, it was the following year. Okay, so there was a year of like, hey, I'll see you like, around. Yeah. Yeah. And you started dating for a year later. For how long? Just until a few he, months. Just a few, few months. Because we lived in different cities. Got it. It was long distance. It was right. fun. Mm-hmm. It was it was hot. It was yeah. heavy. And exactly. we were both dating other people. Gotcha. So. Very, very, very uh, casual. Uh, yeah, very. So, but so however, however many months in, you call her and say, I've right. fallen in love yeah. with someone else. And so the reason, yes. I, the reason I brought the Jake thing, Resurrection yes. Jake State, because she had emailed me. That's a year later. And saying, hey, you know, I, I really want to support you. I know you you finished Jake's movie. Because she knew about Jake. She met Jake. Mm-hmm. Jake was on the road with me at the time. Mm-hmm. And she's like, uh, you know, my, my boyfriend, he's a big fan. He'd love to meet you guys. And we'd love to support you. So I was like, sure, come on. And she sat right next to the woman who's my wife now. And talked and was just paid. She's super... She's like just the most, she's a lovely person, amazing human being. She's my favorite human being. And look at her blushing over here. I, I do have to tell you, it was funny though, at the, um, the resurrection of Jake the Snake premiere, they came to Nashville. And so I'm there with my 
current boyfriend at the, then, mm-hmm. and I'm sitting in the same row, row next to his wife, and she mm-hmm. and I, you know, talked, and she was great, but there's Dallas, and then there's my boyfriend, and then there's Ira. So three guys I had dated. <laughs> oh, we need great. to get a reality show going on. <laughs> so, Not awkward at all. So no, was it awkward though? No, no, I'm, I'm, it wasn't. It wasn't. It really wasn't. Going? How she, was it not awkward? You dated all these guys. They're all in love with you. You're in love with all of them. What's happening here? Well, apparently, I, he wasn't in love with me at the time, so it's okay. But wow. everything works out for a reason. And it, finally, so, it came around. Though. So, so bottom no, no, because that was six years ago. And what happened is we left, and that was the end of it. And then two and a half years ago, 2019, 2019, you know, I'm split up. I'm get, going through the divorce, the whole deal. And up on my Facebook feeder page comes Paige, and it's a video. Freaking Facebook, here we go again. The algorithm's yeah. haunting you, bro. <laughs> and she says, hey guys, uh, today's a really happy day, uh, but it's kind of sad because it's the end of my mom's bucket list. Mm. Here I am on the Great Wall of China about to spread her last of her ashes. And I was like, holy shit. She actually really did what she said she was going to do. And you know how many people do that? Very few. A lot of people think they do, but they don't. A lot of people will talk the talk, but not walk the walk. There she is walking on the freaking Great Wall of China, spreading her mom's ashes, doing what she said she was going to do. That must have made you feel some type of way. I've already been, I've been looking like occasionally on Facebook, you know, just seeing what's happening on the page. And and this just came up and I thought, I'm going to call her. Like, I hadn't talked to her in six and a half years. I literally pick up the phone. How soon after seeing that video did you call her? Right as it was finishing. Boom. Yeah. And just called her and said, listen, I just... Did she answer? No. She just... I saw him call. I saw him pop up. Uh, And I was like... I just started smiling. I was like, I don't know what he's up about. This sneaky voicemail. So you saw... (laughs) I did, but... You said, okay, buddy. I just I let it go to voicemail. Did you leave a voicemail? Of course. Please I, tell us what that voicemail sounded it like. It was just, yo, I'm so proud of you. I, I just saw your video on face, you know, on Facebook about finishing your mom's bucket list. Mm-hmm. I go, so many people never do what they say they're going to do. I always knew that your character was at the top of the list. Wow. Mm-hmm. I'm just proud of you. Hung up. And then okay. a few minutes later, she So you checked the voicemail? Mm-hmm. And then yes. walk us through what's going on in your mind then. And I was like, oh, like my heart started beating because I really liked him when we dated. Like I thought, oh my gosh, we have so much in common. He didn't see it. I mean, first of all, the names are ridiculous. Yeah, know? page, page. Yeah, his birth date's the same as my father's. So, uh. you know, no daddy issues. <laughs> <laughs> um, but also at the time, um, a couple more things. I, I was a yoga instructor too. Like I was traveling the world, but I took up yoga because I had broken my back the first time at 16. And it helped me train for all the mountain climbing and ultra running. Mm. And so when I, the Arthur video really resonated with me. So when I saw him that weekend, it went viral in 2012. And I saw him in the airport. I, the reason why I went up to him, not just like, oh, hey, I, you know, we're friends, both friends with Ira. It was because I said, I want to thank you for helping that man. I said, I understand the back pain because I've been in a body cast. You know, I had to learn how to walk again. And yoga has helped me so much. And I love that you're reaching people through DDP yoga that wouldn't take a class from a big, tall blonde. They, you know, he's a beat up older wrestler with tattoos, a man, you know. So that's originally why it was. So we had that in common. And um, 
the broken back. I mean, he got into yoga because he blew out his back. Right. So when he broke up with me, I never, but I was playing it cool. Like, I didn't want to be like, I really, really like you, you know? And I was, I mean, I was getting ready for a race in Iceland and. But when he left you that voicemail and you were playing it, you're yes. getting goosebumps, heart I flutters, did, did, what's going on? I really, I'd like to put out, I was, so I was like, please be separated from Brenda because I didn't want to like, you know, I didn't want him yeah. to be that creepy guy because he was always such a stand-up person with yeah. me. And so I was like, please don't be the guy who says he's separated. And so I called him back and he congratulated me and I had asked him like, oh, so how are things, you know, with your wife? Yeah. And he said they were separated. So I was You're like, like, yes, sir. Yes. <laughs> but, you know, this is, this is a really interesting part. And it was a while before we we met we're not that we at this point we're atlanta and nashville it's only three hours three and a half hours but we decided to talk and really get to know each other it it reminds me because i saved almost all of them you know the texting because the texting are letters from you know john quincy adams the love letters he wrote to his wife right and, and how we went through this period of really getting to know each other like asking the hard questions right before you guys met up yes how long did you guys talk three three months three months before you met up in person Mm -hmm. yes and then when you guys met up in person sparks we're not there yet we're not getting it slow down buddy there was something that just happened (laughs) there was something that happened over this period of really getting to know each other like i said ask me anything because i'm not a liar i I will tell you open book open book especially never doing it again like i have there's nothing i won't tell her or vice versa i mean nothing there's nothing and i don't ever have to think about anything is that the best the best approach in a relationship for me full disclosure for me what are the benefits of that being so open with your lady well i'll give you the the thing that you sent me right before Mm -hmm. it and i'll tell you why it works because it doesn't work with everybody because other people they're different and she sent me this one thing right before we're about to see each other. And she said, uh, finding someone's true love is finding someone who speaks your language so you don't spend an eternity translating your soul. Mm. We speak each other's language. Yeah. And if you don't speak each other's language, like my last one, I was going through the, you know, because I was trying to save the marriage towards the end, or I should say in the beginning of the end. And the friggin' counselor was like, you guys are oil and water. Oh, damn. Like, you do not belong together. You know what I mean? When that, that's how, I didn't say it, he said yeah. it. He's the guy who's supposed to be pulling well, it together. Well, what does it mean to speak each other's language? Because obviously you're both speaking English. Like, that's not, there's, there's a hidden meaning there. What does it actually mean to speak each other's language? What do you What's think, the love Paige? language? What do you think, Paige? Um, I think that... You know, we're both very open-minded people, and we're non-judgmental, and I think that's key. We also don't have any ulterior motives. You know, I don't need his money. You know, I'm mm-hmm. I'm financially independent. I'm good, baby. My yeah, mom I'm told good. me to be debt-free. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't have DDP money, but I'm fine, <laughs> and, you know, and I'm way low-maintenance. Um, but we just, I don't know, like, we, I just always know, he knows what I'm thinking before I do, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and it's vice versa with things. We can, just little things we can see with, with each other, like... I don't know. We know the mood changes, and we just talk to each other. We've never had a fight in two and a half years. Compare that to when you said with your previous relationship, you spoke a different language. What does that mean? Um, it's like you know, I said right in the beginning, and that, that 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 thing I just said about you know, two people could pick up a couch really easy. Yeah. One, it's like, that was Chris Rock. 
And it was a stand-up bit, but it wasn't. It was real life. Because that's when comedy is the most funny, but also the most heartwarming. Because it's, you know, the Angelo, my Angelo, you know. Yeah. They'll forget what you said, they'll forget what you did, but they won't forget the way you made them feel. And when you mm-hmm. have someone that you can talk to, like, there's nothing I won't tell her because this is who I am. Like she said to me right in the beginning, what would my ex-wife say are the three reasons why she's not with you? Not mine, hers. And I gave them to her. And then I gave her mine. And then anything that we asked, we just completely, oh, God, I wish I could find it on here. When I said, how do you feel about... Well, we actually have her on the phone right now. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't mean her. I I asked Paige, how do you feel about entitlement? I got a real problem with entitlement. You know, I'll give you everything, but don't just, you know, assume, you know, like... Do you think hot women have a sense of entitlement that they have not... I think all people earned. do. I think oh, all you think people, it, I, I think, universally? I think a lot of people, like kids, are really bad. Mm-hmm. You know, really bad. Because they're entitled. You know, like, right. we got plenty of money. No, no. I have plenty of money. You got to earn yours. Right. That's like what Shaq tells his kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Is that I'm a multi-multi-millionaire. You ain't shit. You got to go work for it. Right. Yeah. And, and, they, and, and the people, and I'm not telling anybody how to raise their kids, but the people who freaking go out and, and do everything for their kids, uh-huh. they're really have, a, most of them have real challenges. And I, I, there's something that's on the internet, on uh, Instagram right now, and I can't remember exactly how it goes, but it's hard times make strong people. Yeah. Good times make weak people. Right, exactly. That's it's a sick fact. It's a, yes. it's a fact of life. And when you, you know, like, no one, I raise myself. By the time I was three years old, my mom was married, divorced, and had three kids. She was 19 at the time. You know, I bounced around like a pinball as a kid. You know, I went to live with my dad. My dad couldn't even spell the word father, Hmm. let alone be one. I don't judge him. I don't judge him on any of that. He was 21. She was, you know, she was 16 when she Uh, had How old are your kids now? Uh, Brittany is 35, uh, 34, 35. Sure. Be thirty five in August. Yeah, she'll be thirty five. Uh, yeah, thirty five in December, in November, uh, and yeah. uh, and uh, and Kimmy is twenty eight. All right, so and, I mean, Le- and Lexi is just turned. Uh, she's twenty five, and Ray's twenty one. So these are basically millennials and Gen Z, the, the, the mm-hmm. kids your age. That's uh, the, the oldest. The thirties are the millennials. The Gen Z are the the twenty one year olds in the twenties. You're talking about entitlement, sense of entitlement. The millennial generation has been called the entitled generation. It's getting even worse, apparently. You know, trophy generation. Uh, Uncle. What are your thoughts (laughs) on young people today? You know, you talked about, you know, you have to work for it to earn it. What was that that your mom said? uh, You have to earn it to own it. Earn it to own it. What are your thoughts these days, the both of you, advice to young people putting in the work and not just getting entitled? You know... A lot of it has to do with the parents and how much they give and give and want to make it better for them and give them. You're so fucking them up. You know, they've got to earn it. Hmm. They've got to freaking work for it. Like my whole life, my whole, like, again, WWE Hall of Famer. When I start that journey, trying to wrestle when I'm 23 and it doesn't work out, and then coming back at 31 as a manager and a color commentator costing me money 
to be Diamond Dallas Page for three and a half years? Oh, he thinks he's going to be this wrestling guy. Oh, now he's a wrestling guy. Oh, he thinks he's going to be a top guy. Oh, now he's the world champ. Now, it's like, it was so hard. It, there were so many times I tried to almost second-guess myself. And then I focus on the attitude of gratitude. It's just where I go. Mm. Focus on the shit that I have as opposed to what I don't have. Because the first thing that, thank you, God, up till now, 66 years, I don't have cancer running through my body. Mm-hmm. That's number one. Right. I can move. I Health can, is wealth. Yeah. And, and when my, I start bitching about my knees or my back or whatever, she'll go, yeah, but you know what? You got two legs. Yeah. Like, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And it changes everything because it's all about the story you tell yourself. It's all about that inner dialogue that you have with yourself. And I had already made a decision that when Paige and I started to really talk, and it was really the second month and then the third month that, you know, we both wore our heart on our sleeve. And if she, you know, she can get, she'll call her little autistic self will kick in. And we both have that to a certain degree. But I can see her starting to go a little sideways. I go, hey, breathe. We're not in a hurry. Hmm. We don't have to be anywhere. All that matters where we are right now. Just breathe. Because we, we lost the bag when we were in Canada going through custom goods. She just left it because we were talking. Everything's moving. Again, and we've got And bags. he has so many bags when we travel. Griswold. Like, <laughs> the Griswolds. The Griswolds. And I'm a backpacker. So, yeah. you know, I'm... Totally <laughs> different. Yeah. Well, you travel the world with a backpack. This guy's got 15 bags of luggage just to Minimal. go on a weekend trip. Minimalist, maximalist. <laughs> but now she likes all the bags. Because we'll bring so many bags. I want everything... I want because I spend too much time on the road. Yeah. So I bring my home on the road. A blenders. Like blenders. Yeah, I'm a protein pad. shake. <laughs> yeah. That's so cool. I, what I want to touch on right now is, all right, so you guys got married when? December of 21. So less than six months ago mm-hmm. at this point. Okay. I threw her a surprise wedding. Yeah, I want to touch on that. Like how much of a surprise was it? Were you prepared to get married to DDP? What was going on? Well, he had told me uh, like six months before, I'm going to marry you by the end of the year. You won't know when, but it's going to happen by the end of the year. I'm like, and were you like, okay, sounds good? Or you're like, hold on, we've only been dating for a year. Like, what was going on? No, because, you know, I told her a second date. I really felt like, and I'm, again, my mind, when we got together, my mind shifted. Again, we are the story we tell ourselves. I wanted. Didn't want to just date. I waited, you know, yeah. and I don't wait. I'm the guy who got laid every freaking week, every... That's my guy. Time, <laughs> all, I was a whore, and I'm just going to say it. And it drove me. Womanizer. Well, Playboy. Well, yes. All the... All Probably the, more appropriate. All, all the... All the uh, the uh, what is it now? Cancel now yeah. person. And, but, and but, were, but, were you aware of this? Like that he had a lot of women? I figured it took him that many women to be able to handle me. Ooh. Player, <laughs> can I dap you up right there? <laughs> it was that a turn-on or turn-off that he's been very open that he's been no, with I that many fi- women? I have five older brothers, and yeah. I generally, he, he says I'm kind of like in between a man and a female the way I think. Yeah. So. <laughs> five older say, brothers, that'll hey, do it to I, you. I would say you were born somewhere in between Mars and Venus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, men are from Mars, women yeah. are from Venus. Right. She's halfway. Yeah, and and I was okay. thinking, you know, I've dated multiple people and everything. I, you know, I, I don't care. All right. 
But so he says. But I did tell him when we started talking again um, in 2019. I don't want someone. I don't want an open marriage. I want someone because if I'm going to get, you know, I, I haven't been married in 15 years. I've had several long-term relationships, mm-hmm. but I was like, I don't want to play games. You know, I don't want to get hurt. If I'm going to do this, I want yeah, to do. Yeah. Otherwise, I'm just going to travel the world, <laughs> you know, by myself and do what I want. And to she's do. one of those people who can do that. Like, have no problem just taking off. And we had to work through all of that. And again, I wanted someone who was going to look out for me and take care of me the way I want to be taken care of because I'm going to go way overboard for you. It's just who I am. And I want it to be mutual. I want it to be, it doesn't have to be money, you know, because that's not my love, you know, language. Mine is about looking out for me and taking care of me. Acts of service, yes. I believe. Is Acts of is. service. Like, like yeah. my mom was a kid. She was never really a mom. She was like my big sister, mm-hmm. you know, who was a wild one, you know. <laughs> and my dad was the same way. And I didn't judge them ever. It's just something, you know, you go to your, your family's house for your mom and everybody buries your dad. Then you go to your dad's, and everybody buries your mom. Mm-hmm. And at a very early age, I'm thinking, like, hmm, that doesn't really sound right. Like, somebody's full of shit, or everybody's full of shit. And I'm just Like not, the politicians. God, exactly. <laughs> you know, like, they just lie, or they just have their own interpretation. There's something else I, I learned very early. There's my story. There's your story. And then the story that really happened. Then there's the truth. Right. And then there's the truth. And everybody remembers mm-hmm. it differently. So unless it's been videoed the whole time, and yeah. unfortunately now they're even able to change that. Right. You know, yeah. they put somebody's head on somebody and you think, oh my God, he said that or she said that. And they didn't. You know, it's really, I feel bad for, you know, I'm so glad I grew up through the 60s and the 70s. 80s and 90s and I know I got a lot of good years left but I can't say that I'm going to be all that bummed out 30, 40 years from now what these kids are going to be going through. Oh shit. You know? Let me ask you. He said his um, love language is acts of service. He's been very vocal about that. I want to do someone who do something because you're a very gracious person. You'll do on to others. Like clearly that's who you are. What's your love language? And how does he... Provide that for you. I will give you everything. I I, am a caretaker. He didn't realize it at the time. I didn't. Um, But, you know, I took care of my mom when Mm. she was dying from cancer, you know, and and I I think for me, as long as I'm appreciated, then I will give you, I'll keep giving you more Mm. and more. But if I'm not appreciated and it's more of like an entitled, expected, then I'm out. Sounds like you're both anti-entitlement. Yes. Okay. So Uh, now. how, how, How appreciated do you feel? Oh, he, he's amazing. <laughs> but he's, I'm the same way. I feel the same exact way. That's I great. tell her I love her, I don't know, 100 times a day. Every day, we're both like, thank you, thank you, thank you. And that's words of affirmation, other. I believe. That's part yes. of the yes. love language. Yeah. yeah. So now that you guys are married, what I want to know right now is... Wait, wait, let me tell you the yes. married part. The married part. Okay, yes, cool. yeah, let's get to that. Oh, yeah. So she has no idea. And Oh, I, you're saying the actual wedding yes, part. Yes, go. Yeah. The, my, my daughter, Brittany... She pulled it all together. Without her doing it, it never would have been as successful as it was. She worked really hard on it. And the, we had one. We had met in um, in uh, Nashville. In, no, in um, in Chattanooga, where we met at this place called the Dwell. 
two years before the marriage, two years to the day, we had met at the dwell, and it was, forget about it. It's a okay? boutique hotel. Right. Yeah. And as good as it was then, it's better the last 24 hours. So that's how our life is. And I know a lot of people look for that, but it's accepting each other for who they are and growing together and having the same la- same language. So I told Britt, I said, it's getting, it's getting close. It's December now, right? Mm-hmm. And on December 4th, we do this huge Christmas party. There's 200 plus people there at my house. And she's, her and you know, Britt, they're all pulling it all together. And she gets out of the shower and she walks up to me and she throws her arms around me and she goes, you're not marrying me tonight, are you? <laughs> and I just burst out laughing because I know it's five days away. You know, and I go, no. She goes, oh, thank God. I don't think I could take it today. <laughs> and, and I said, but it could be tomorrow. And I just left it at that. And, and just know, he and Brittany actually sent in the mail. This, That's what we're going to get to. Go yeah. This postcard. Would you pull up her Instagram? Because well, we can pull up that story in a little bit. Uh, they, they sent this postcard, and it was from our friend Ira. Ira D. Who was having this Christmas party. This guy Ira again. Yes. And it was supposed to be a red and white Christmas theme party. So you had to wear red and white. Mm-hmm. So comes, and it's the same day as, coincidentally, of our anniversary. And, I would, and so in the back of my head, I was thinking, I wonder if we're getting married at Ira's party. You know, I had no idea. Um, and so I had this red evening gown that I had made when we were supposed to go to Cannes, uh, international film festival or international series festival in France in October, his series guardians of justice, mm-hmm. uh, was picked up by that. And so we were excited to go there, but unfortunately, uh, with the COVID restrictions, we weren't able to make it. And so he's like, I want you to wear it to Iris party. And she's going, no, it's too sexy. I go, you're wearing that dress. <laughs> Get your sexy on girl. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, is this the dress? Yes, yeah, yes. That's a dress. So uh, you'll see there's a back shot where it's, it's really Look at those sick. guns. <laughs> yeah, she's that's called DDPY, brother. That's, that's true. no weightlifting period. Yep. Um, so what ended up happening? Show a couple more pictures. When, when we got to that spot. Wow. That's my brother's behind it. <laughs> when we got to the spot where you saw me just walking a second ago, um, she saw someone in a, with a photographer, you know, photographer at the bottom of the stairs, mm-hmm. and then where there's a room, a little side room at the dwell, and and they were like, um, they started to open up the curtains, and she looked over the curtain. She goes, are, are, "Is it is this happening? Are we doing this?" <laughs> and I go, "We're doing this. It's on." And they open the curtains, and there's our family there. Oh, that's so cool. And she's just crying, and then eventually I got down and asked her to marry me. But yeah, I'd never done that yet. And right, you kind of got to ask as yeah, well. Yeah, go, go back to one picture, if you can. I love like go back one more. So he asked you to marry her, and then right at, go back the other way, Eric. That one right there. The guy goes, you may kiss the bride, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. And then you lay it on her. What was that moment like? Oh, it was magical, man. It was because we we, we we wrote our whole vows. Now, th- let me just back you up before that. Yeah. So she's all pumped. This is the family's here. It's going to be a nice small wedding. And then when we come walking into that room where we're getting married right there, there's a hundred more people. Oh, man. So, so how many people are there in total? 120. Wow. Yeah. And you had no idea this was happening? No, no, not not at all, like, of that magnitude. I've never been that girl that wanted, like, a big 
princess. I've never even tried a wedding dress on. Like, my first wedding, we got married in Jamaica and jumped off a cliff. Like, it wasn't, and that was like, I was 24. So, you know, this was such an incredible surprise that he went through this elaborate plan. And it was funny because Brittany was the, you know, the wedding director here. She had everybody, like all these cards, do not leave your room between this time and this time. That's when they're arriving at the hotel. <laughs> I don't want any chance of her seeing anybody. <laughs> like I read it out. It's only 16 rooms, but I read it out the whole hotel for our family. And then other people stayed at like the Marriott or something. Yeah. Right? So yeah. it was it was just a really magical night and people came in. I, I, I called every one of her friends because I didn't want it to be just like a, a text and said, Hey, listen, you know, I'm throwing Paige a surprise wedding. And if you want to come, I would love to have you there. It's a Thursday, though. So if you can't make it, we totally understand. But it's got to be on that day because that's our two-year anniversary. And at that point, every single person I called came. Hell, yeah. They didn't show up. You're going to drop the diamond cutter on them. Next thing you know, Grandma just got DDP. You don't need that. (laughs) That's cool, man. So I, I think, you know... Everything you do with yoga and how fit you are. Wait, wait, wait. I, what'd you call my stuff? What'd you call ooh. DDP yoga? D- no, I'm not, okay. That's, <laughs> or DDPY. That's true. I'm, I'm about to get the diamond cutter right now. <laughs> I want to know what it's like waking up in the morning now. We just heard the whole backstory. You guys are married. You guys are obviously living together. You're married, yeah. very happily married, clearly. Yeah. What's a morning routine for you? And what's your morning routine? And how does it coexist? I want to know this morning routine. I would say, um, you know, every morning, like, we'll we'll wake up and we just actually hang out in bed for a little bit, you know, Mm. and just, we just, we both of us were never cuddlers, ever. Ever. Like, in the beginning, we were separate opposite sides, and somehow, when we ended up in Chattanooga, and after talking for three months, Mm -hmm. I've never, like, been a wrap up, like, cuddle up Fall asleep on hold each on, other. Hold Person. on. Swear to God. Page yes. and page and page. You guys have both been non-cuddlers. Yep. And, and now I, you're just koala loving it. Like, yes, you know, crazy. What, explain that. I, I don't I don't know when you find that person. And one of the things that was really funny, back to Kimberly. Yeah. Kimberly was at, you know, at the. Kimberly uh, and Aaron. My, my, mm-hmm. my daughter, my daughter, Kimmy, who's named after Kimberly. She was there for, for Kimmy's wedding. Her and Aaron came to the wedding. And she said to me, because she's met Paige twice now and spent some time with her, she said, I just want to let you know, I really like Paige. Uh, but after the whole last scene, she goes, I just want to keep it like just friends. Like, we'll be, be acquaintances, blah, 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 blah. By the next time we came and stayed with in Vegas, she's like, oh, my God, I love her. I love her. You better never fuck this up. Like she's this is what your ex-wife is yes. saying? Yes. 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 Kimberly's lecturing yes. you about not fucking this thing no, up. Fuck this up. <laughs> so at the, it was funny because yeah. she and Aaron came to our wedding, and uh, there's a great picture of us. We're both crying. And Kimberly and I are like next to each hugging each other and crying. And I was like, thank you for raising him. Wow. <laughs> yeah. so. Now, there's a rumor out there that your ex-wife Kimberly was in the 40-year-old version of the movie. Yes, she was. Is that true? Yes, that was Can her. we pull this picture up? Yeah. Is it, I don't even know if it's, a, if it's PG-13 to show this. Yeah, it might not be. It was <laughs> Kimberly, DDP, 40-year-old virgin. She actually did a really good job at it. <laughs> I hit images. That's her on the left right there. Yep. Yep. She's the woman who had her breast out. Yeah. Yeah. 
gorgeous woman. This is your first wife. This is my first yeah. wife. That you're still very good friends with. Yeah. That's that right. almost kicked your ass if you didn't treat her right. Yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah, it's, and Kimberly and I are actually both like kind of introverted, I would yeah. say, where we can be extroverted. And we both, you know, we both have our MBAs. Like we both get business. Like yeah. she's a smart woman. And she's she's a she's a good person. Wow. She, she had she got her MBA at twenty three, right? Twenty four. Twenty four. And Kimberly had her friggin' her um, her master's degree at Northwestern at twenty one, twenty two, yeah. at twenty two. Smart women. And Kimberly, again, this is the same woman who she didn't even want half. Right. Mm-hmm. That yeah. very wow. So you know how to pick them. Yeah, I, I got to give you that. I've been lucky. Two, um, two of them. What I want to touch on right now is. I want to talk about DDP yoga, okay? Right. I made the mistake of just calling it yoga. It's DDPY. Because <laughs> you know why? Well, yes. you know why? Yes, sir. Any yogi yes. who sees it happening, yeah. they're going to go, what is this? That's not yoga. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's its own animal because it's right. a hybrid. Because I'm the guy who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga the first 42 years of my life. Because it's just not masculine. It's not yeah. for tough guys. What yeah. is it? it What's just, the stigma with yoga? Chicks. It's a chick worker. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. why I go to yoga classes, yeah. by the way. Well, I understand <laughs> that now. Yeah, but yeah. a lot of people, and, I, and I've taught yoga. I mean, I trained in Thailand and India. Like, I, I've taught yoga for 14 years, and I never wanted to take yoga until I ran into, like, I took a my first class training for a mountain climbing expedition and thank God it was a power yoga class because it was very physical. Most people think it's like a home chanty meditation and there is some of that, but I want the workout. And And, and the bottom line is that once I understood that because, because I blow my back out and I had three spine specialists tell me my career's over. Hmm. Now I just got paid. I just got the multi-million dollar deal that's going to go bye-bye if I can't get back. And it was Kimberly who's like, you should try yoga to heal your body. They did an article on me when I released the book, Yoga for Regular Guys. And the title of the article in the Wall Street Journal was F dash 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 that. I wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga. Wow. That's what I said to her. F that. And that's what they put in the Wall Street Journal. (laughs) And... Um, once I started to get into it and there was no modifications back then because nobody taught that. So I had to like figure that shit out and I'm doing it 20 minutes in the morning, 20 minutes in the afternoon, 20 minutes a night. Cause I can't go longer than that. And about three weeks in, I'm feeling better, but I'm also doing rehab because I've rehabbed both shoulder surgeries, both knee surgeries. I'm doing, you know, doing the rehab one night before I go to bed, I start to mix rehab with the yoga stuff and then I threw in some old school calisthenics that I had to do with a slow burn like in, in yoga you you fold forward you gaze up go to plank lower cobra down dog I started the lower three two one hold three inches off the ground three two one now push up three two one come down three two one lower and mm-hmm. then go so I wasn't doing just a plank and lower. I was doing a push-up, but I was doing a slow burn push-up, and I did it on my knees in the beginning. And I spelled strength. I got off my knees, and three-second push-ups became five-second. Five became ten-second. And then somehow, working out at one point, I had a heart monitor on because I just gotten off the Stairmaster, and I wanted to keep my heart rate low so I wouldn't hurt myself. I'm trying to heal myself mm-hmm. so I can get back in the ring. And what I figured out something we had talked about earlier, 
when you slow burn, move, and flex, engage, mm-hmm. weightlifting, take the weights away and create the weight mentally yeah. and engage the muscles. Every time you flex or engage a muscle, your heart has to beat faster to get the blood to the muscle. So what I created by accident, which I brand as DDPY. Why? Because I want people to stop calling it just yoga. yoga. If they'll call something P90X and they don't even know what the fuck it means, (laughs) they'll call it DDPY. You see this guy right here? This guy's a former Marine. He's got back issues. Not to mention all the emotional and behavioral issues sure. going on. Sure. But he's a certified stud, and he's our director of programming, and he's, he's the man. Could someone like this benefit from, from I'll DDPY? Give, I'll give it, I'll give it to you both, and you won't believe it. Were you here earlier when I did the whole fold over? He was in the shit? studio. Well, I'll, I'll show TV, you for yeah. your people yes. here. Nice. Can you get a wide yep. shot on it here? Let's get that. <laughs> because, again, I've been sitting here for yep. 45 minutes to an hour, and flexibility is really important. And being able, when I blew my back out, like that was it. Cold, this, I'm gonna take this headset off so I can really go all Oh wow, you are down there, dude. And get this out of my pocket. Hold that baby. Core strength. Is there any money there? Let's yeah, split, yeah. let's split it, run away. Am I, am I, uh, can you see the whole body? Yes, sir. Right. Yeah. Okay, so being able to stand here and grab either foot. Uh, a little bit tighter here. Hold on. Wow. And take it and put it up and open up. At six foot four, two hundred twenty-eight pounds, dude. That is this is at sixty-six. Yeah, and years young. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, let's talk about. I mean, there's some life. Like what? Like yes, you've been, but you're a professional athlete. Like you're obviously an awesome athlete today. But you've changed regular people's lives. I know it started off as yoga for regular people, right? But there's these stories with this guy Arthur, right? That literally made Joe Rogan cry. Right. And there's another story with, I believe his name is Vance. Yeah, Vance. Eric, I don't know if we can pull up these pictures, but basically, correct me if I'm wrong, because not only are you changing their lives, they're by by um, osmosis changing other people's lives by seeing this. So this guy, um, Arthur, he's a veteran. Arthur Borman. He couldn't even walk. And now, a year later, he's sprinting. He loses 150 pounds. You tell the story on Rogan, and Rogan's literally crying. And can, I don't we, think can, Rogan, we, can we play that with I don't Rogan? Know if, are we, are we, Eric, are we able to play that? I don't even know if we are. Is that legal? But, but, <laughs> no, can you make that picture, that top picture, much bigger? And, and Explain what happened to Arthur, and then we can get into Vance. But Arthur. this guy could barely move, loses 150 pounds, sprinting, Rogan crying. Walk us through that. Arthur, as you look at him standing on his head like that, yes. is that crazy? I've never even seen anybody do that. Um, Arthur was a disabled vet. Uh, he had over 500 jumps, you know, coming out of those airplanes. They're dropping 10 feet a second. You Have you done airborne stuff? No, no. Okay. You, he never not walked away from a jump hurt ever. Wow. And he so, did 500 of them. Over 500. And there's guys who've done 5,000 and they're fine. You know what I mean? I don't know about 5,000. But, you know, they're just certain your body, you yeah. know. He's, he was a little guy. He Ankles, knees, hips, back. The bottom line is, he had knee braces that pulled into his back brace. His wife took 20 minutes to put him on every morning before he went to the can, right? So then he'd grab his cuffs and start walking. He would lose 140 pounds in 10 months. More importantly, he lost a knee braces, back brace, and canes, not just to walk, but run. If you just, anybody looks up Arthur Borman, mm-hmm. it's, you know, B-O-R-M-A-N, or just DDP and disabled veteran, it'll come up. Just on our YouTube, just our YouTube, 
has over 107 million views. 107 million views. On Facebook, it's over 250 million. Wow. And that's not to talk about the hundred different languages it's in, because it's in little you know, written script. Crazy. And it's got over, over a billion views. So I tell you, I changed one person's life. My business partner, Steve Yu, made that video. And when it took off, it put us on the map. Now, the next guy Here's is... Here's a video right here, by the way. Oh, yeah. Can we can play it? Yeah. You put a little music on that so they can hear that? Yeah. This is him. Yeah. But we can't hear it on our side, right? Just them. No, no audio. No audio. Oh, no audio for them either? But they could see. He's a 47-year-old disabled veteran. He can ba basically given up on life. There he is right there. Injured as a paratrooper in the Gulf War. Now just Again, watch, your 500 watch this. jumps. Watch this. Watch when this person hits. Boom. Oh, that. <laughs> That's how they on the fall. Yeah. You know, and it's because of the lack of knowing how to train anymore. Remember, my stuff is standing still engaging and flexing so you're getting burning off calories burning off fat because how's he going to do that like that unless he's mm -hmm. going to do some sort of thing that requires dynamic resistance well, it's low it's low impact so you're not putting on most stuff yoga on instructors turn me away all but one enter ddp and basically i say with the knee brace and the back brace and canes i'm thinking to myself how am i going to help that guy mm -hmm. i mean that's the first thing it goes that goes through and um, uh, when he started this journey, he literally was just doing it by himself. And when I saw him videoing, uh, a video he put up himself, like a, a guy just talking to the camera, I called him and I said, Arthur, who's Sanji? And he goes, do you want me to take it down? I go, who's Sanji? He goes, well, I'm a Buddhist, and that's the name. I'm a teacher. I'm trying to mm. keep my anonymity. He goes, you want me to take it down? I go, no, I want you to get a better fucking camera. <laughs> and that's when he started filming everything. Wow. And that's the only reason that we don't have to Look at him falling down, but just keeps getting up. Look right, and guy. using the chair to help himself get up and get down. And I'd never done that with anybody before. That's something he started. And then I just decided to, you know, create that kind of a workout. So that people could still have that. Look at that. And here he says, you know, you know I've lost so much weight. His pants are going to fall down, but I'm not mm -hmm. going to let him go because <laughs> I just appreciate you coming by and, and leaving comments and stuff. You know, which is really great for him to see that it motivated him. And he started really actually believing in himself. Now, this right here was like, oh, my God. Oh, I hate seeing that. Oh, damn. You know, that, but that just shows you how he was mobile and trying to get movement without, you know, without having the canes. And this one always cracks me up. But when people see this, it's like, oh, my God, he's not going to be able to do that, is he? And then, oh, bang. Oh, man, right, <laughs> to, the, right <laughs> to the wall. And he says, just because I can't do it today doesn't mean I won't be able to do it ever. Wow. And those are those slow burn push-ups that I was telling you about. And now he's walking. Straight up walking. Game. Yeah. And then, of course, this is where the music changes, and it's really great, that Coldplay song. And he starts walking without the canes. And this just shows you, like, if you never give up. And these are the six pictures I was talking about, sitting yep. down, picking up and grabbing the foot. And 
as you see, he keeps getting higher and higher, and mm-hmm. then eventually grabs his cat. Skinnier and skinnier. Right. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm a cat guy. Great for that guy. Mm-hmm. You know, six months, he loses he loses 100 pounds. More importantly, he's that guy now. This is him now? And he's not just walking Full sprinting. sprint, Dallas. Yeah. That's a, that's a moment, man. Wow, man. Yeah. That, that, Let me ask you. Clearly, this is something that gives you pride. Sure. I mean, clearly. Compare this feeling to literally helping this guy's life and changing these types of people's lives and compare that with the feeling of being cheered on by 100,000 people, stadium, rocking, celebrity, Hall of Famer. Like, what do those two feelings feel like? Is one more special than the other? Are they equally special? Explain that. You know, I, even above that to me is the resurrection of Jake the Snake. Like, that documentary, you know, uh, is is along the lines of Arthur's video and being at the top of the world, I tell people all the time, what I did in wrestling was super cool, man. I lived a dream on such an incredible level. But what I'm doing today is, like, life-changing on a different level. Like, mm. I tell people every every holiday season, because, you know, everybody gets a little bummed out at the holiday. Not everybody. A lot of people do, though. They get, go through depression, lost loved ones, whatever it is. But my answer every year is go help somebody. Because if you go and help somebody, you're going to feel better about you. Mm-hmm. Like, automatically. It's not like a, it's like a, it's not a cliche. It's a fucking fact. I help people all day long. He's the most generous person I've ever met. And I've been all over the world. Like, mm-hmm. He's a genuine, good human being. Incredible human being. And what does it do to you to help others? Because, you know, they say... It's better to give than receive, right? We've all heard that before, especially in Christmas. And they, we've also heard, you know, it's the most important li- thing to life is be a go-getter. you got to be a go-getter. But what I'm getting from you is like, yeah, I'm a go-getter, but I'm also a go-giver. Yeah. What does that do for you, and how does that help you? It makes me feel good about me. Because, again, go back to the story you tell yourself. And I thought of this a couple of years back, and I... Forget the golden rule. Treat people the way they treat, you know, they want to be treated. Mm-hmm. Most people treat themselves like shit. Mm. They put garbage in their mouths. They talk shit about themselves. They have no self-confidence. They have no real self-worth. Don't fucking treat me like that. I have a shitload of self-worth. I know who I am. And I know I'm a fucking good person. And I walk the talk. I just don't fucking inspire people with my words. I inspire people with my actions. And I feel good about me when I'm doing that. So what do people really want? Like, God, I I was just listening to something, uh, another inspirational thing, and talking about all these rich people who were not happy, and they seemingly have it all, but they don't. It's it's really not about the money. I love being comfortable. I don't understand when we went through that shit in 2007, 2008, and the big three and how much money those fuckers have and how much their country's bailing them out, yet they took the 747 for the two of them to fly from Detroit to, to Washington, D.C. Like, how much money do you need to have? And some people like that, they never have enough. Hmm. I don't think like that. 
So what you are know? your, you know, talking about money right now, what are your philosophies on money? The both of you, because you said that your, your mom taught you to be debt free. Mm-hmm. It sounds like, you know, you've got some very staunch money philosophies. I have zero debt and I own homes and buildings and building a beach house in friggin' Panama City Beach. I already have the money. I'm not borrowing a fucking dime. So you pay cash for yes. properties, you're saying? Everything. Really? So Everything. what are your cornerstone financial philosophies? Is it no debt? No debt means they can't take shit from you. Yeah. And you live within your means. He's not extravagant. Like, he has a Tesla, but he bought it in 2016. So it's not well, like he's I still have it. Yeah, I love that thing. <laughs> and I mean, like, I mean, but he likes nicer things. Like, when I came into the picture he's i had a honda crv i went from the jag to that because i had downsized and i can mm-hmm. live very frugally it was paid off i was like 11 years old and he looked at me he's like nope <laughs> and he's like we're gonna give it to my daughter i'm buying you something that i can fit in that's comfortable so he wants comfort so we i got an audi um it's about it's about comfort, comfort it's yeah. about time we can't we the most precious thing we have is time right can't get it and back. i only do and the thing's the reason why i came down here and did patrick's thing and i knew i was going to do yours because I watch what you guys do, and I loved your message. This is time that's taking away from things I might want to do. Mm-hmm. No, I want to do this. Right. You know, because it also gets the word out about what I'm doing. But I watched what you guys did, and I said, wow, you guys are really good. And this will be fun, you know, and we'll go here. And so we came down two days earlier, and we went and we found a place on the beach in uh, in uh, Deerfield Beach. It was beautiful. And we got the ocean crashing there and listening to that. And it just gives us a little time to get away and spend quality time together. You know, you, you hit the nail on the head with time. You know, they say time is your most precious commodity. Don't waste it. Absolutely. You know, so I built this six principles of wealth philosophy, right? Have a game plan for your money. Don't lose the money game, which is get it, make sure you don't have debt. Save that money. Invest. Protection, insurance, you understand with sure. wrestling and protecting your body insurance. But if you can do all these six things, you know, the sixth, you know, these five things, the sixth element is what I call being chilling. And chilling is when you own your time. You can do whatever the fuck you want. You own your time. And I ask people, you know, if you had all the money in the world, you had millions of dollars, like what would you do with your free time? You didn't have to run off to work. You didn't have to be anywhere. You could do whatever you want. It sounds like you guys are very much chilling right now you own your time so what's your definition of chilling um i tell people i want to go back to my program because it really the physical part is what Mm -hmm. people leave out and the physical part meaning the workout every it changes like freaking we just seen pictures of patrick he's a stud yeah and he still and he still rocks the you know the weights Mm -hmm. but there's gonna come in time where not gonna be like that and that's why i said you wanted to try my program because i'd love to and when I tell people, they say, well, how much do I have to do it? And I, my immediate answer is not at all. Like, fuck it. Like, I don't, I don't want you to do it. Yeah. I don't care. You know, but if you want to do it and you want to make a change, three days a week, 20 minutes, 30 minutes a day will change the way you feel. Hmm. You do it four days a week and you spend 40 minutes, 45 minutes, 50 minute workouts, you start changing life. You do it five days a week and you go anywhere from 40 minutes to 60 minutes, you start owning your life. Hmm. And, and that's the thing. It's the time you invest in yourself. So many people say, oh, I don't have time. Yes, you do. You have to make it a priority. We all have 
the same amount of time in, in the 24 hours. You right. just have to make it a priority. So doing 20 minutes a day, 30 minutes a day, you, you can do that watching TV if you had to, you know, make a priority. It's so funny because now I'm on Cameo and I've been on Cameo for two years. 70% of the people that it's not for the wrestler guy. They want to talk to Dallas Page, the inspirational guy, and like four out of every ten people get for themselves to kick my ass or because that's not really my thing, though. You know, it's like, let me smarten you up. And one of the things on my app that nobody has, go to DDP Yoga now. You have seven days on it. You can try it out. Cost you nothing. The first thing that's going to pop up is the list. The list is the yellow brick road. The list, the first thing that's going to ask you is what's your why? Why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. And it's really important that you just don't talk about it and video it. You write it down. So just don't think it, ink it, like owning it. Then I'm going to teach you how to set up on my, my, my goal setting system I call SmackDown. Specific, measurable, achievable, compatible, keep it going, do it, own it, write it down now. And then I'm going to send you to a, lec to a lecture that I did called Living Life at 90%. It's what I speak about no matter where I am. I change different stories up, but it's still the same message. Mm -hmm. Life's 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. You control in our personal lives, our professional lives. We're constantly hit with one adversity after another. Most of us, we have no control over. But the one thing we have total control over when we work at it is our mindset. It's the way we think, the story we tell ourselves, the way we react, adapt, and take action, and the way we breathe. And if you own the way you breathe, you're really starting your way to owning your life. And then I give you other inspirational things to watch. And then educational, food ink, genetic roulette, GMO, OMG. Watch that shit. Because when people put, it's convenience. And our country's food sucks. Hmm. Go to France, go to Italy. Whole different world. The Mediterranean diet's where it's at. Right, right. This guy eats Takis left and right. It's fried food. I tell, and, try to tell him all the time. And it's Relax. okay. It's okay when you're younger, you'll pay the price later. But the big thing, too, like when we talk about food, I mean, it's the gluten-free, dairy-free mm -hmm. thing where you're limiting the inflammation you put in your body. So would you, if you have a bad back, it is so key. And I thought like 10 years ago he had told me about, you know, got to go gluten-free, man. It's, you know, by then I think it only broken like seven bones at that point, including my back. So since then I've broken 19 in my back twice in six places. So for me, when I went gluten-free 10 years ago, like it made a world of difference. I mean, a world. And so... It's important, like, so I can attest to it that it's not just BS and him just going off about, you know, not eating processed food. I mean, when food. you did that thing, I'm like, all right, I'm in. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in. Yeah. Uh, we got about, about 15 minutes left. So what I want to do right now is sort of a rapid fire round. Is that cool? Sure. So, um, and then we can maybe get some callers. Did you, sure. you want to say something? No, 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 um, so we're going to cover wrestling. We're going to cover relationships. We're going to cover everything. Wow. And we got about, I would say, let's do the rapid fire in less than 10 minutes and then the last five, 10 minutes of calls and, and then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll make this thing happen. So uh, best moment of your career, most memorable moment of your career. What do you got? Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. And what does it, the ring say? Inside the ring, it says work ethic equals dreams, explanation point, DDP. Most memorable victory. Randy Macho Band Savage, first at 
put me on the map and mm. shit. It so dramatically changed my life, I, I can't yeah. even believe it. Oh, yeah, macho Ooh, man. Yeah, brother, brother, <laughs> dig it. You can do the macho man one. Uh, lowest moment, uh, wrestling. Uh, the stalker angle on WWE. <laughs> what happened there? Well, it just wasn't. Today, there was a war between WWE and WCW. I didn't realize how deep it went, and they had messages to mm-hmm. push WCW down, and I was the golden boy who came in and got bitch slapped, but WWE came back five years later and did the right thing with me and started to you know put me in different things, and I never got the run I wanted as a wrestler, but I had such an amazing, I kept nothing but uh, appreciation. Hell yeah. Um would Vince McMahon make a good president of the United States of America? I don't know about that one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, how about this? Battle of the Billionaires. Who would be a better president, Vince McMahon or Donald Trump? Oh, God. Uh, mm. uh, God. Are you saying you want to write in a third-party candidate? The Rock. <laughs> yes. The Rock. Yes. Let's get the Rock, Rock. The president. I want The Rock to be the president. How would, how would The Rock be as a president? I think he would be unbelievable. Mm. I really do. And I think that he would push a lot of buttons on a lot of people because he is a, uh, a free-thinking spirit. And uh, But he's a great businessman. He's a great politician. Um, I, I really feel like he's a great human being. You yeah. know? And I've been around him enough, not super close to him, but um, it, we had a really s- amazing moment first time I met him, uh, I was a huge star in WCW at the time, and I we had a Canada we had a pay per view in Canada the next day. They had a Saturday night show, and I went to the show, which you never did, being in another company, unless you were looking for a job. And I, I just signed that big contract mm-hmm. and Big Show, who was one of my best friends. You know, we I went to see him, and afterwards we we're getting ready to leave the building. And he goes, you know, The Rock was the main event, and he. He said, uh, you want to meet The Rock? And I said, sure. So we walked in the locker room, and nobody's there because everybody gets out of there fast. And like, Rock, you're still here. He goes, yeah, I'm in the shower. He goes, great, I got a huge Mark who's dying to meet you. <laughs> I was like, you son of a bitch. And, and I said, yeah, I don't want to meet you. I don't want to meet you unless you're naked and your all body's all soapy. <laughs> and now he's in the, sh- in the shower, brother. Yeah, he's like getting... Like, you know, you know the voice, but not yeah. here. Who the fuck? And he sticks his head around the corner. He's like, ah, Diamond. It's not seeming to come out, bro. So he comes out. We talk. He was super cool. You know, I said, you know, Jake Roberts was booking when you came in in 96. And he called me up. And he said, D, boy, do you see this guy, this kid, Rocky Maivia. He's Peter Maivia's grandson and Rocky Johnson's son. And uh, I'll tell you what, man, he's going to be huge. He said, he's so good looking, I don't know if I want to fight him or fuck him. (laughs) So I'll do both. (laughs) And uh, and Brock's like, that sounds like Jake. So we shake hands, we're leaving, and I'm almost at the door. And then I hear, as I'm just about to walk through the door, hey, Diamond. And back then, Rock had the big mullet sideburns and stuff. He's putting on one of his $1,500 Versace shirts, and he says, you know, Diamond, there's only one people's champion. Whoa, Big Show's like, oh, oh, and I just deadpanned him. 
I went, you know, Rock, you're right. And you? Well, you're looking at him. <laughs> and I was out the door, and he gave me the eyebrow, and it was, it was just a great moment. That's so cool. So he's, he'd be your pick for president. A hundred percent over anyone. That's so cool. If you're, well, Rock, if you're listening, you're probably listening to DDP right now. Please consider running in 2024. Yeah, like he has the time for that. He's, exactly. <laughs> um, you know, we talked about this earlier on PPD Podcast. You've had some a lot of special guests celebrities that have shown up in WWE and wrestling and WCW, sure. everything. You know, Carl Malone, sure. Dennis Rodman, Trump made an appearance. Now you got guys like Bad Bunny and Logan <laughs> Paul showing up. What's your favorite special guest appearance? I mean, Logan Paul's making a name for himself, doing everything. I'll tell you what, what are that, your thoughts that, on that, this? That kid's a marketing genius. You know, like, he is just, he's got the right look. He's got the, he's, he's a super athlete. Super athlete. You know, I mean... You want to talk about a guy who loves himself mm-hmm. and freaking understands who he is and like he's got it going on like a rock, you yeah. know, as far as the the believability, the self worth, like he's he never thinks he can't do something. Hmm. You know, I mean like just by I got I don't know him, but I know what I'm looking at, and the guy that I'm looking at could pretty much, you know, if he's if he walks up the, the the edge yeah. and doesn't jump over the edge. Right, he's got that it factor. He could be wherever he wants to be. I want to talk relationships for a second because I want to include you here, Paige. Uh, three keys to a happy relationship. What are your three keys, and what are your three keys to a happy relationship? Ladies first. Um, I would say appreciation. Um, your actions speak louder than words because people will tell you how much they love you, but they don't show it. Mm-hmm. And so he's really good at doing that. And uh, I think just long-term taking care of each other. Yeah, that's it. It's a great three. How about you? Number one is just like you dreaded, you know, speak each other's language. You know, be empathetic at times where you need to listen. You know, listening is more important than talking. And um, just be honest with each other. And a great sex life helps. That, oh, that, that, we went there. Yeah, well, that, that, that would be number one. Okay. So what you're saying is he still got it. Oh, my God. That's my guy. Every That's my day. Guy. <laughs> Multiple times a day. Okay. All right. Well, the green room, we heard something. We had a lot of noise in there. It's professional organization here at Valuetainment. Uh, this one's for you, Paige. Uh, Elizabeth Taylor, I believe, once said this, but is it true that diamonds are a girl's best friend? Oh, he is definitely my best friend. Yeah. Yes. What about the jewelry component? I I even told him, don't get me a diamond ring. I don't believe in that. It's brainwashing from the marketing departments with with De Beers and all that. So, no, I didn't want one. Um, And he kind of looked at me like, I kind of have to, you know. Show me what. So So you give me a fucking DDP. That's what I mean. What I got her, I got her two different rings. Yeah. That's what she wanted, you know. So. So let's go to Antarctica. Yeah, I said, instead of getting an engagement ring, let's go to Antarctica. I want memories, because memories... Antarctica? Antarctica. (laughs) You can go to Thailand, you go to South Africa. I've been there. You want to go to Antarctica? You're taking (laughs) DDP to Antarctica? Because we would go to the bottom of the earth for each other. Wow. Just Plus, it's the seventh continent. I haven't been Keep there. this man warm, please. (laughs) (laughs) National treasure over here. I don't want him freezing his ass off over here. Uh, this one's for you, DDP. You still you run a club called I got Norma Jeans. Norma Jeans. Four Myers. Okay, yep. give me your best club story. 
they were all have to do with sex. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what's a better place to pick up chicks? The club oh, or the gym? <laughs> There's alcohol involved. <laughs> you know, way, way easier, man. Okay. Like when I was on one show and the guy asked me, he goes, so how many different women have you been with? And I decided to start thinking about it. And this is like in the 90s or something. I went, no, oh, 1,500. And he went, 1,500. I go, I'm being conservative. Yeah, real that, conservative guy. Adam, he, has but, to, he has to break that down. Yeah. <laughs> the voice of God, John Reed over there. Yeah, yeah break down what that means. Um, well, specifically the fifteen hundred dollars. I had, uh, I, I had, I had like what I would call the awesome eight at one point. That on speed dial, you know, friggin', if mm-hmm. I didn't pick up somebody from. You know, the club. And we're in a spring break area. Yeah. You know, so it's also holiday area. And people come. People, it's kind of like. Happy you, holidays. Oh, ho, ho, ho. I, Love I that, like, that I, like, I like the one story he told me. He had this 30-day challenge. Oh, yes. That's, that'd be <laughs> Please explain that. And this is a little place. not Maybe twice the size of this. Uh, and the bar was downstairs. The rock band was at the end. There was another bar outside that door. And another bar at this side. So people would come and mingle and go through. So a lot of people would come through there. And I just got on a roll where I fucked like seven different girls in seven days. And then I got the eight. And then I got the nine. I thought, fuck, I'm going to get the 30 different <laughs> women. go for it, and bro. 30, challenge. <laughs> and I'm not saying they were all gorgeous. Because I'm sure there was a lot of 931 coyotes. You know, <laughs> I'm sure that there were. Uh and then my sister, my sister worked with me, and my mom. My, you have to understand, my mom had me at 17. I'm just going to show you a picture of what my mother looked like when when I was in my early 20s. Okay. I love his mom. She she just turned 84, and yeah. she is like a pistol. She's really? so funny. Yeah. Like, when I, when I show you this picture, you're going to go, like, get the fuck out of here. Like, she's that, she's that beautiful. And up till she was, like, in her 40s, she still was like just drop dead. Should pass this over here. Pass it over. Uh, we can see it. In, if he holds it up oh. in front of him, yeah. we can see it. This was your mom. What, can we? You, which way do you want this? Uh, well, have Dallas hold it up. Okay, Dallas, hold this thing up. Okay. And she's how old now? Now she's eighty-four. Yeah. Mrs. Page, if you're listening, <laughs> I just want to. <laughs> can you can you zoom it in? Yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect, right? Like that was my mom. Um, so they're like busting my chops, it's getting late, you know, it's getting late. You know, I'm like 24 at the time and, oh, I pulled that one out the last minute. And so your mom's rooting for they're, you. They're, they're, just, they're just like, you're not going to make it tonight, you know, and, and then, you know, and it's just, it's just, uh, so did you get I to got, 30? No, I got 27. What a loser. <laughs> I, got, I got 27. And I was like, God, but I couldn't get laid with it. That night, I couldn't get laid with a fistful of pardons in a woman's prison. Wow. <laughs> so fifteen hundred in, but there's obviously About. one that is the most special to you. Dude, what, I, what makes her so much better than literally thousands of women? I can have her any time I want. Any time. <laughs> I love sex, so yes. Yeah. I mean, she. Okay. I, I'm, I'm a nympho. Really? So is she. Yeah. This is how it's going down. That's exactly how it so goes down. So stay tuned for the uh, after-hour party. <laughs> P- 
page and page over here. Well, I'm happy for you guys. Um, so uh, this is actually a funny question. You see that, that dad bods are trending right now. Okay? Oh, my God. So what are you more attracted to, like a dad bod or a big jack dude? An athlete. I don't like the big muscle steroid out like bodybuilders, yeah. but he's the perfect. Why do you think women are attracted to these dad bods these days? What is it about a dad bod? I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea. It's, yeah. it's, you know, I like someone that takes care of themselves. So, okay. you know, but I think personality is huge, too. Yeah. And that's another thing. Like, she just turned 48. She looks like she's 24. Her body is yeah, looking great. And her face looks like she's in her 30s, early yeah. 30s. You know what I mean? She she takes care of herself. It's easy to see why you're an info with your hot yes, wife, bro. I get yes, it. I get it. Eric, yeah. you okay there, bro? You're getting a little like, salivating at the mouth. Relax. <laughs> she's a fucking married woman, dude. Relax. I don't know if you're thinking of uh, uh, Grandma Paige over here, but yeah. take it down a notch. All right. So, uh, last couple questions, and then I think and maybe we'll have time for a call over two. Uh, you've got a couple daughters. Yeah. Right? Well, Two, four. Four right? together. Four together. No, but can I just show you this yes, part? Yes, sir. What craziest part is, is the girl's dad, their, mm-hmm. their, their, their uh, biological dad, is one of my best friends. The stepdaughters. Of the stepdaughters. Yeah. Of the stepdaughters. Daughters. I don't call them stepdaughters. Both. Of Lexi and Rachel. He works with me. And he is it, that we're shooting a show right now called Change or Die, and I can't be there all the time to train everybody. Mm-hmm. Josh picks up and takes care of me. He's one of the greatest guys ever. He's like he's like my brother. I mean, he's as tight with me as right. my brother is, and uh, that's from my second from your sec- second ex wife. Sure. Four girls. It's always the playboys, the womanizers, who end up with the girls, Dog <laughs> <laughs> daughters. So I got a thing coming for me, buddy. I'll tell you that much. Uh, what when a when when a when a young man shows up to take out your daughters? What advice do you well? What, what advice do you to give to your daughters? And what do you tell the young man that shows up? Well, I assume there's going to be a certain uh, wrestling move that'll happen to them if they uh, no, don't act right. My favorite moment was when Rachel and Rachel when she was twelve looked like she was eighteen. I mean, just gorgeous and. She's getting ready to go on this date to a movies mm-hmm. with this boy who's 14. And as we're leaving, I, you know, I've already talked to him. Yeah. Okay, I've already talked to him. And then as you're leaving, I shake his hand, and then I pull him, and I go, she's 12. Yeah. 12. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know, so he got the message. He got, he got the message. Okay. He got the message. Wow. I'd be very intimidated if uh, 12. I'm scared right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, last thing, and then we'll go to a caller. There's this thing called toxic masculinity out there. You familiar with this phrase, toxic man- masculinity? I'm not. Men are being too masculine. Or, uh, you know, the downfall really? of societies are men are being... I thought it was you know, the other way around. Okay. So, <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> speak on this topic of ta- toxic masculinity from a of a man who will beat your ass... But who will then, you know, change your life with DDPY yoga? This concept of to- toxic masculinity. How do you grapple that? God, I don't. I don't know, man. I don't get it. You it's know, that what I mean? toxic. So it's um, yeah. Whatever I'm doing, it's it's always worked for me. Yeah. Like you asked me earlier when we were on the Patrick show. Uh, you know, like people ever get in your face or you know, yeah. bar? never. They want to buy me a drink. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, well, you got that part, type of personality where it's infectious. You can tell. Well, and that's, so that's what I've lived yeah. with. So, you know, it, 
I think, if anything, with the way the world is right now, and I don't have any, you know, beliefs in any way. I don't judge people, mm-hmm. you know, but if anything, I think guys are more feminine than they've ever been. You know, <laughs> they want people to man be, up. Well, you know, I just want them to be who they want to be. If they want to be that way, I have no problem with it. Yeah. I've got plenty of gay friends and trans friends. I don't care. I don't give a shit. Like, are you comfortable being you? You Are you a good person? Yeah. That's all it matters Most to important. me now. That's all it matters to me. Love that. You want to weigh in on that at the end? No, I agree. He's good. He summed it up. I mean, toxic. Look at that. Look at that. Supportive wife. I I will say, though, like, you know, having worked in the corporate world years ago, you dealt, as a female, you deal with all that bullshit. Like, Mm -hmm. that Me Too movement. I got it. I mean, I remember going to a client visit and he he asking me, oh, meet me up in the hotel room. And I was like, uh, no. You know, I was negotiating global contracts. It wasn't like I was like an admin assistant, at the, mm-hmm. you know, trying to build her career up or an actress. And so you see all that bullshit. And it was, it, it's sad that it's still going on, but I'm hoping the next generation, it'll be much better. Well, from a, from a woman's perspective, and then we'll get, get this caller, from a woman's perspective who worked in the corporate world, and then you kind of went on to do your own thing and, and, and really help fulfill your mom's legacy. What advice do you have for women? Because they're getting so encouraged to... You don't need no man, you know, work, you know, become a, become, you know, work your way up the corporate ladder. And then there's on the other side of the angle, like be a good wife, be a good mother, you know, totally different. Like for a man, it's pretty simple, you know, wake up, kick some ass, make some money, do your best. You know, it's pretty simple, straight line with women. It's very conflicting ideology. It's kind of, you've been in sort of both ends of the spectrum. What are your thoughts? um, I tell every woman, do not look for a man to be your meal ticket ever. Because then you're dependent on them. So find something, first of all, find something that makes you happy to do as a career and it will never be a job. Um, but most importantly, you know, have some self, self, I guess, not self-worth, but just be able to take care of yourself. Because, again, you don't want to be, you know, owed, owned by somebody because mm-hmm. you can't get a job or make your own money. And don't have kids unless you can afford them and take care of them. <laughs> you know? Save that money. Yeah. Um, well said. Uh, John, do we have a couple callers lined up? Yes, we have Mike on the phone. We got Mike on the line. Mike, what you got for DDP and Page P? Hello, Mr. Page. Because I'm always, you're actually, um, uh, uh, that was my, your, your work. And, um, uh, um, Miles, the first question is, what what got you there to uh, the, the pro wrestling? I just wanted to be as a kid. It was like a dream, and I tried it when I was 23, and it didn't work out. I had three matches. I sucked. I hurt my knee, and I kind of let it go, and then it came back at 31. And the way, I mean, my story is like, like we're literally writing. We, we've, got, we've got a script that we're working on right now that's going to be a series, that is a series of series of different guys. And uh, it's something that our stories are so amazing. And it's not just mine. Like from Eddie Guerrero's to Kevin Nash's to Scott Hall's. I mean, they're all, Mick Foley, all of them are unbelievable stories of how they went from being like Edge was humongous fan and caught Hulk Hogan's, you know, bandana and, and then wrestled him mm-hmm. 20 years later. You know, <laughs> it was crazy. Well, you're like the fine wine of wrestling because yeah, you're going to get started with 35. Right. That's crazy. Thank you for that question, Mike. John, what else we got? Uh, the other call that got disconnected. That's all we have. Okay. So, John, do you got a question, buddy? 
Yeah, you think you can take Diamond Dallas Page in a wrestling match? You, Adam. No, not even not even close. I don't even think I can take Page. But that doesn't mean I'm not masculine out there. John, I felt like you had another follow-up question for that 1500 number. You're very intrigued right now. No, I'm done, John's, John's married. I don't know if he's even had anything in... Uh, 2022. Yeah, I'm I'm living through Dallas, man. Eric, you got anything before we wrap up, bro? Um, This has been awesome, guys. Uh, Why don't you plug? I think we got a couple links that that uh, to your website and to what you want to plug and your new show. Please plug that. Anybody who is out there and you want to try the program, just go to ddpyoga.com because that's where it's the best deal. And uh, take seven days free on the app and check it out. Uh, But don't listen to what I've said about my program. Go on Facebook, and it's it's not my DDP Yoga Facebook. Go to the one that's DDP Yoga, all is one word, DDP Y-O-G-A, one word. It's a member site. There's over 70,000 people there. you got to see what those people say about the program. So, you know, if you want to follow us on Instagram, I'm at Diamond Dallas Page, at P-A-Y-G-E McMahon. Page McMahon. Page McMahon. Or at DDP Yoga. That's awesome. Um, here's what I'll say. You know, I, I believe that this is me. I believe that the, there's three cornerstones of life and lifestyle and it's health, wealth, and happiness. And brother, you're, you got all three going on and, and then some bro. So yeah. I, I really appreciate you guys being on and we're going to make sure to lock the green room so you guys can do your, <laughs> do your thing afterwards. Uh, if you guys have not subscribed to Valuetainment or v- VT Money, please do. Uh, you know, do all that, smash a like, I mean, all the algorithm stuff. But give a shout out to DD, DDP and Paige McMahon, lovely bride. Congratulations, you two. We'll see you guys next time. Uh, can we throw up one of these before we go? Oh, yeah. fuck Feel yeah. Feel the bang. <laughs> <laughs> we out. Thank you, DDP.